This is the Naturals Off-Season Podcast, Week 2, recorded on Wednesday, October 26, 2016. I'm Benjamin Kelly. Josh Dalmont continues to terrorize the Arizona Fall League while the Dominican Winter League began its season earlier this week. But first, let's quickly glance at the main event of baseball right now, the World Series. Only one player on either World Series roster played in Northwest Arkansas at one point in his career, and it's left-handed reliever Mike Montgomery. The former first-round pick of the Royals in 2008 has appeared in six games thus far for the Cubs and posted a 1-1 record with a 3.72 ERA this postseason. Montgomery last pitched in Northwest Arkansas in 2012 and was a key member of the 2010 Texas League Championship season for the Naturals as well. Manager Vance Wilson will join the show later and will get his thoughts on the Fall Classic, so stay tuned for that. Well, the main headline is starting pitcher Josh Dalmont. He's earned Arizona Fall League Pitcher of the Week honors. Through three starts, Dalmont is 2-0 with 11 strikeouts and four walks over 10 and a third innings and holds a .87 ERA. His latest start on October 22nd, Stalmont struck out six batters over three and a third innings. Stalmont has allowed only five hits in three starts, and the only run to score while he was on the mound for surprise came because of a wild pitch on a swinging strike that put Washington Nationals number eight prospect Andrew Stevenson on base. Another wild pitch, a pitching change, a sack fly, and a base hit eventually scored Stevenson. That run has been the only run charged Stalmont thus far. He said in an article with MLB.com reporter Trisha Garcia, quote, the continuation of the end of my season and the fall league has been drastically different only because things are clicking. Especially with velocity, you will finally find something that works for you and you can repeat it. He went on to say, as soon as you find something that works for you, it allows you to be competitive. It will be interesting to see how the Royals treat Stalmont this offseason and going into next. There are a lot of questions at the big league level with starting pitching and bullpen. I would imagine they'd want to keep him as a starter as long as possible. But we'll see how his route to the big leagues progresses through the rest of the offseason and into 2017. Right-handed reliever Evan Beal has worked three scoreless outings, spanning over three innings of work with four strikeouts and a couple of walks. He did not allow a hit over that stretch. It's good to see Evan bounce back after a couple of tough outings to begin his Arizona League season and come back with these three strong appearances in recent past. And Ryan O'Hearn trots around the bases. That ball is gone. Ryan O'Hearn currently ranks eighth in the Arizona Fall League in hitting through October the 25th with a 364 clip. And he's hit safely in seven straight games along with eight of his nine total contests. He's also recorded two hits in his last three contests each. Corey Toops drives in three with a ringing double off the left center field wall. Corey Toops is hitting 296 and snapped his five-game hitting streak on Tuesday, but continues his strong Fall League campaign. We'll talk more about Corey Toops and the Arizona Fall League later on in the show with manager Vance Wilson. The Dominican Winter League is underway, and there are plenty of recent naturals playing in the prestigious off-season circuit, starting with Los Tigres de Lice. The roster currently has five former naturals on it, starting pitchers Jonathan Jajic, 
the left-hander, Luke Farrell, a right-handed starting pitcher, along with relief pitcher Andrew Edwards, Jorge Bonifacio is playing the outfield for the Tigers, and Hunter Dozier is playing the infield. Jajic made his debut on October 23rd and worked four innings of shutout baseball as a starter against Escojito. The Southpaw struck out six batters, allowed two hits, and walked one in a no-decision effort. Swung on and missed, strike three, and Luke pounds his glove as he walks off the mound. Six strong innings delivered by Luke Farrell tonight. Luke Farrell got the start the next day on the 24th against Los Toros del Este, and... Tossed four innings, allowed one unearned run on two hits with a strikeout and three walks. Farrell, much like Jajic, pitched all of 2016 with AAA Omaha after spending most of 2015 in northwest Arkansas. Andrew Edwards had a good bounce back outing on the 25th after allowed four runs in his first appearance on the 22nd. The right-hander fired a scoreless frame with a punch out on the 25th. Those are going to be three very interesting arms to watch during spring training this season. I was speaking with Scott Sharp, the Royals' assistant GM and director of baseball operations, soon after Andrew Edwards was promoted to AAA in May. And he said the organization is very high on the big right-hander and his abilities. He's got a huge fastball, good off-speed stuff. He'll be a fun guy to watch, and well, you could see him in Kansas City next season. Jorge Bonifacio has appeared in four games thus far for Lise and is 3-for-16 with a run scored, and Hunter Dozier made his Dominican League debut on Tuesday and went hitless in four trips to the plate. Infielder Ramon Torres is shredding the Dominican League his offseason, having hit safely in all six games played thus far, with multiple hits in five of them. So far, Ramon is hitting 444 with three doubles and a triple for Los Gigantes del Cibo. Left-handed pitcher Daniel Stumm is pitching for Los Toros del Este and has appeared in three games thus far without allowing a run on just one hit with a strikeout and a walk. That's a look at the latest from the Dominican League. Here's what's happening with some naturals in Venezuela. Designated hitter Samir Duenas drove in a pair of runs for Magallanes on October 25th in his team's 20-7 route over Caracas. Duenas is 3-for-11 in four games for his Venezuelan club with a double and three runs scored. He's playing alongside longtime former natural Mario Lisson, who homered twice in the October 25th game against Caracas and drove in four runs. Lisson is now 32 years old and a free agent, but is hitting 4-23 in his first eight games for Magallanes. Right-handed pitcher Yender Caramo has made a couple of relief outings for Los Navigantes thus far. Remember, Yender is coming off a career year where he won the Texas League ERA crown with a 245 average. So, so far, he over two and a third innings, he's allowed three hits, a couple of walks, and a strikeout. Outfielder Carlos Garcia made a couple of starts for Los Bravos de Margarita this week and utilized the most of his chance. Carlos is three for seven thus far in the season, but finished this week Three for five with an RBI on the 22nd. Catcher Luis Villegas hit his second home run of the Venezuelan League season last Friday and is hitting 211 in six games for Uruguay. I said it last week and I'll say it again. He could be with the Naturals this coming year. He caught twice for Northwest Arkansas during 2016, spending most of the campaign with Wilmington. 
In the Mexican League, Benito Pruneda is pitching for Mazelton and has worked two consecutive scoreless relief outings. The right-hander last pitched on October 23rd and tossed a perfect inning with a strikeout. In four outings this season, Pruneda holds a 4.50 ERA in four innings with four strikeouts and a save while holding the Mexican circuit to a .077 batting average against. Coming up next on the Naturals Offseason Podcast, I sat down with manager Vance Wilson to discuss what he's doing this offseason and this Major League postseason and much, much more. Welcome back, everyone. We're sitting down with the skipper, Vance Wilson. And, well, Skip, it's the offseason, and you're not in the Arizona Fall League. You have a lot of free time. So what have you just done to stay busy? Well, one of my strengths and weaknesses is, is the fact that I'm all baseball and the season's going on. So when the season ends, I got landscaping, family things, honeydews, garages to clean up, just uh, you know, things to help my family out. Uh, I do a lot with my daughter. Uh, I follow her activities around. She's uh, on the drum line at Harbor High School. She's involved in a lot of things. Um, and just kind of settle back into my wife and daughter's routine. Um, and then think baseball. You know, I think a lot of baseball, even in the winter. Well, have you watched a lot of the postseason? I have, yeah. In, uh, incredible, uh, unbelievable uh, games, not only from what the guys do on the field, but following uh, managers' moves. Uh, it seems like a lot more has been that in the media with that. Um, with that being said, to, to see two great stories in Cleveland and Chicago has been exciting. Well, how much as a manager now do you look <clears throat> at Francona and Madden and Bochy and how they manage, how they manage their bullpens? How much do you pick up and how much do you continue to like learn, I guess, about how they, how they manage a major league game? Well, I think you pick up a lot because, you know, the names you mentioned, uh, they're premier at it. And if you're ever going to be a major league manager, uh, your bullpen's your number one priority. If, if you screw that up, you know, you lose games. And so watching the way they do it, uh, following along with the matchups, um, not that I researched the game, but you pay attention enough, you know what's going to happen in the game and, and seeing how they react and, and when they pull their starters, when they don't, when they double switch, all the things that especially the National League have. Uh, it's fun to watch. Now you mentioned how they manage the bullpens. That Zach Britton non-move, I guess, that Showalter didn't make in the AL wildcard game. How much do you think that set the precedent on how Francona used Miller or how uh, Roberts used Jansen later on in, 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 I guess, in the middle innings? How much do you think that set throughout the rest of the postseason? Uh, I, not so much. I think those managers, you know, they, they have their own way of thinking about things. Uh, you know, Francona is an out-of-the-box thinker. Uh, so to be able to use his closer in the seventh is, is something that he'll do. Uh, one, he has all the trust, uh, he has the trust of all of his players. Uh, when you go back to the Showalter deal, there's two things you got to think about. One, things change when you're in the dugout uh, compared to sitting in the stands or sitting behind a television, you know, and, and, and you start getting things through your mind. And if, if I can get through the lineup one more time, uh, certain games have a feel of length to them in, in extra innings, as you know. Uh, but the biggest thing is I, I felt like, you know, he got through that, that part of the order earlier in the game. But, you know, when you go through that murderous row again, you've you got to have your best guy in there, especially in extra innings. I want to ask you about Cleveland. You were part of a Detroit Tigers team in 06 that went to the playoffs for the first time since 87. And this is just three years prior where they lost 119 games in 03. So I guess my first question is, is that how is the city reacting right now, the city of Cleveland? How did Detroit react when after snapping – not quite as long a playoff drought, but a pretty significant one. How do you feel like Cleveland's acting right now? Well, I think just like Detroit did and just like Kansas City did with, with what our organization did, uh, you wake up a city 
uh, like you've never seen before. And so I, I was very fortunate uh, in the fact to be a part of, of a losing team in 05 that then became a World Series team and see what it does for people, uh, see what it does for, for communities that need something to pull for. Uh, even I was a member, I was in Bass Pro Shop uh, north of Detroit, and a little old man waddled over and thanked me for bringing baseball back to Detroit. And so uh, the reason they're called fans or fanatics, uh, but they want to pull for winners. Um, and so I know Cleveland's going through the same thing. Uh, obviously, you, you have mixed fans in the fact that some are you know, NBA fans, and they've kind of gotten a taste of that. So to be able to kind of roll into now baseball, not only the NBA fans, but then, then the baseball fans, uh, cities become on fire. It's a really neat thing to see. And I want to ask you, too, about Francisco Lindor. You had a chance to manage him in the Fall League in 14. Just, just from watching him from a far distance from when you had him in, in Peoria, how much has he grown as a player, and what type of player is he? What's his personality like? What does he bring to a club? Well, first of all, he's, he's an impact player. Um, you know, I was fortunate that a guy that kind of had helped develop him was my bench coach in the fall league. So I was given a full scouting report. I'd managed against him in A-ball, so I knew what he was. The things that Francisco does, you can't teach. The leadership part, the on-field leadership, uh, personality, he's full of life. Uh, he bring, the type of kid that brings a clubhouse together. Uh, very respectful uh, to, to be able to learn things about the game. and Very confident what he does. Uh, the thing is, we had Mondesi and and Francisco, and, and I told Monty, you need to follow Francisco. Uh, but with that being said, things that Francisco did in his preparation uh, are really hard to follow. You're born with them. They're hard to teach. And so no question, I'm not surprised one bit he's a three-hole hitter, impact player, and, and really one of the cogs that, that they had to have to bring this championship. Speaking of the fall league, the Naturals have plenty of guys that are representing the surprise Sequeros this season. Uh, Corey Toops has just jumped off the map offensively. He really had a strong year here in Northwest Arkansas for the last 75 games, named Player of the Year for Northwest Arkansas. But you've mentioned it a number of times that the Fall League, when you played, put, your, put you on the map. How much is this helping Corey Toops right now? Well, I, I think it's huge in the fact it's validating what he did here and what he did the year before. And so, you know, I know he wasn't a high draft pick. I know it bothers him. He plays with an edge, a little bit of chip on his shoulder. Uh, and, and the problem with guys like that is they play with a chip on their shoulder so much to where then when they fail, people kind of sit back and like, well, we knew that was going to happen. Where what Corey's doing, he's taking it upon himself to make sure uh, not only he's prepared, he works hard, but the results are there. In a result-driven game, you have to have that, and he's done it. And now to do it even a higher level you know, than what we had here in AA in the fall, we can continue that's very, very uh, good not only for us, but it's great for his career. And I want to ask you, too, about the, uh, the Dominican Winter League. What is, what's the true value for these guys to go overseas, not necessarily overseas, but to the Dominican or to Venezuela, to Puerto Rico, to play in these foreign winter leagues? What's the value for a player when they do that? One, I think it's atmosphere. Uh, and it's really funny how you look at winter ball. Atmosphere there is it's all about winning. Uh, the, the advantage of it, it takes it off development. And you go over there. If you don't win, they send you home. Uh, you don't get paychecks. And so... Not only is you, you're developing your skills, you're developing ha through having to win. Uh, the funny thing about winter ball is the good thing over here for our guys is if you go over there and do great, you did great in winter ball, that's a good thing. If you go over there and you fail, it's okay, it's winter ball. So it's really a win-win situation, whether guys go over there and do well or don't. Uh, they get that uh, experience of atmosphere um, and the pressure of winning. Now, I know you played in Australia, but did you ever play in any of the – the Latin American Winter Leagues? Yeah, I played in Dominican. So I went over. I, I'd come off an injury in 99. I needed the at-bats. 
They sent me over there, and I was over there for seven weeks. Uh, caught great, wasn't hitting, and got sent home. Uh, and so it's kind of one of those things where I experienced some really good things over there, some really bad things. As far as getting sent home, I needed the at-bats, but the atmosphere is what I was able to bring with me. So how does that all work? I notice they, they carry a ton of guys on those Dominican League rosters. So when they, they have so many transactions where they activate a starting pitcher, then they deactivate him the next day, activate another guy. So how does that all work? There's crazy rules. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously they have their rules in place. Uh, one, it helps protect professional players that have had a long season, and in, in obviously in the states, that way they can't use a guy, you know, every single day in winter ball. They do need rest. They do need to pitch. So it allows them to be able to, tr- you know, transfer and move their roster. Uh, is an advantage to them to be able to pitch, but yet doesn't uh, hurt the player very much. So, with that being said. There's crazy rules. It's crazy stuff. Some guys don't want to play certain days. Uh, some guys are ready to come home. Um, I, I wouldn't want any part of it as far as running a team. I'd be great to manage, but running a team, uh, there's got to be a lot of headaches involved. All right, Vance, your World Series prediction. Who do you think? Well, I'm 51% Cubs, 49% Indians. Uh, if I had to guess, uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to pick Cleveland. Uh, one, because I think that they're going to – finally be the team that beats the fact that they've had a long layoff. So when, we were, when I was with the Tigers, we sweeped the American League championships. We had six days off, and we lost our mojo. Uh, so every time a team has that long layoff, that's the thing they talk about. I'm a big Francona fan. Again, my good friend Dave Wallace is their AA manager. I had Francisco Lindor. Uh, so I, I'm, I think Cleveland's going to win, and I think Andrew Miller's probably going to be the uh, trump card. There you have it. From the manager of the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, Vance Wilson, joining us here on the offseason. We'll be back with the upcoming transactions that the Royals have made recently. Back to the Naturals offseason as we wrap up week number two of the podcast with a look at the week's past transactions done by the Kansas City Royals. Well, the Royals went out and signed a left-handed free agent named Donelki Garcia out of the Mexican League. He's a 27-year-old reliever originally from Guantanamo, Cuba. And as I research for this podcast today, this is kind of what the scouting report on Garcia is according to Baseball America. Quote, Garcia has tantalized clubs with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball and a quality slider, but a knee injury sidelined him for 2015. And then the White Sox, the club that he was with then, released him in spring training of 2016. Well, he resurfaced in the Mexican League during 2016 and struck out a rate of 8.2 batters per nine innings and 14 appearances, earning him another shot at affiliated ball with the Royals. Garcia last pitched in the big leagues with the Dodgers in 2013, made three relief outings, so we'll see how spring training goes with Kansas City this coming February and March. In other news, Todd Eaton, a right-handed pitcher, was assigned to the Arizona Fall League this past week by Kansas City. He pitched both in the Arizona Rookie League and then finished the year with Wilmington last year. Over his final 10 relief outings with the Blue Rocks, he finished 1-2 with a 0.53 ERA in 17 innings with 18 strikeouts. A little bit more on Eaton, he's, a tw- he's 24 years old and a former 34th round pick out of Southern Illinois Carbondale. So, he's a guy that 
will be in the Naturals bullpen, assuming Lee all goes well for the upcoming season. A couple of other news and notes from around the organization. Royals beat writer for MLB.com, Jeffrey Flanagan, reported today, October 26th, that Kyle Zimmer has completed a four-week throwing program as protocol for thoracic outlet surgery, which Zimmer had earlier this year. And he also reported that, quote, all systems go, should be ready for spring training. Definitely good news for Royals fans. Now, as always with Zimmer, cautiously optimistic. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, when Zimmer is on, he's an elite frontline pitcher that can anchor a staff. But when he's not, well, you know how that goes. He uh, off finds himself on the bench rehabbing in Arizona. Jeffrey Flanagan also reported that Chesler Cuthbert, former natural, has been working at second base during instructional league, and the reports were, quote, solid. So Cuthbert could be an option for that vacancy at second base for the Royals in 2017. Other names, of course, Whit Merrifield, Raul Mondesi, but Cuthbert, with Moustakis coming back next season from that ACL injury, Cuthbert trying to make that transition to second base. He did play a little bit of second base while with Northwest Arkansas last in 2014, but it looks like this move is trying to be permanent uh, for the Royals as well. So keep an eye out for that. That will do it for week two of the Naturals Offseason Podcast. Make sure you head to our website, nwanaturals.com, for all the latest happenings in a video version of this report. You can also tweet me at BenjaminKelly26 with your questions, comments, and concerns by using the hashtag Naturals Offseason. Special thanks to manager Vance Wilson for joining us. And remember, folks, only 162 more days until opening day, so enjoy the rest of this one. Thanks for listening.